Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking about accidents, insurance, and deductibles. Oh my. That's right, man. We are talking about insurance and accidents uh, for a couple reasons, actually. Uh, we're going to talk about it today. First of all, accidents and insurance. Like, these are things that cost you money, mm-hmm. right? And anytime there is an opportunity to earn more money, uh, invest your money, or save money. Matt and Joel are going to be on the case. We're going to want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so that's one reason. Another reason is because you, sir, my co-host here at, at How to Money, you have experienced a, a string of bad luck. Yes. Uh, is maybe the, the best way or the lightest way to put it, yeah. uh, I should say. <laughs> I wasn't carrying my lucky rabbit's foot this week. And that, that did you ever have a lucky rabbit's foot as a kid? I think when I was in like fifth grade. Oh, I feel like that's like the, the age, third, yeah. fourth grade. I'm pretty sure I got one at a uh, national park, maybe when we were visiting Yellowstone. <laughs> that or sounds about right. But no, Sorry. you're right. Keep going. You're, you're right. I've yeah. definitely like bitten the bullet recently with a couple of accidents, which kind of caused us to say, well, we should talk about this on the show. And we can, yeah, I can just kind of lament about like the things I've been going through over the past couple of weeks. Basically had a, a tree fall in my house. So I'm making a homeowner's insurance claim. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in this episode. I got rear-ended by someone else. Uh, it, it just less sitting than, there at a red light. Less than a week later. Less virtually. than a week later. Or right out of a week, I guess. Yeah. So there's a lot, I think, to talk about based on my own personal experience, but based on just kind of things that every one needs to know when it comes to the kind of insurance they carry, mm-hmm. what they keep their deductible at, and just kind of have a lot of stuff to know pre and post accident in order to be most efficient with your money and make sure, sure you're covered in the right places. Yeah. And by the way, it wasn't just any old tree that it's not like a tree just happened to kind of fall over. Yeah. Like your house got skewered, yes, essentially. Like lightning struck this giant, how tall do you think that tree was? Like 80 feet or Probably. something? I mean, it yeah. was massive. And just the way it came through your roof, dude. We'll have to put like, a picture in the show oh notes and on Instagram because it literally it looks like crazy. Someone stuck a tree fork. What's crazy in like, my house? 
That's exactly what it looks like. Like someone was trying to eat my house. It was like a giant tuning fork, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So like you weren't even there and you gave me a call. You're like, uh, can you head over to my house? Right. I, dude, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we will. Yeah, we'll definitely post some pictures. Yeah, you got to uh, see it. Because like li- I will say this. It went through the roof, through the couch, through the rug, through the hardwood floors. I mean, th- that's how and the broke, force. And broke floor joists oh, yes. as well. That's the, yeah. I mean, Roof joists and floor joists. So I thought when I was over there and it's like, it had been raining as well. So it's dripping into the yeah. house a little bit. I'm talking to you on the phone. And I was trying to be optimistic. I was like, I mean... It's pretty bad, but I don't think it damaged your floor yeah. because I couldn't see because like the couch, the couch is still in the way. Uh, yeah, it, it, I thought it had stopped it, but no, it had gone through your couch, yeah. through the floor. Pretty and crazy. The I guess the tree guy sent you a picture later, yes. and there's literally a hole in the floor the size of a dinner plate. Yeah, or even a little bit bigger than that. We had uh, yeah. we, we have cats; they were getting in there, so it's kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they they like to explore, but I don't know. We'll say too. I'm glad you're able to have somewhat of a sense of humor about it I yeah guess, i mean point. you got to I, I will say we were so glad that we were out of town when this happened i hate to have made you the person to go over there no, and, and dude, document everything happy to get over there i appreciate that but it's one of those i'm things. glad i wasn't there because that's normally where i sit yeah. i love sitting on that couch <laughs> <laughs> and it fell right where matt normally sits that's right <laughs> and if we had been awake at the time or, or you know a lot of debris and limbs got sure. into uh, ezra's room my little dude and so man think about how freaked out he would have been and, and how how freaked out we all would have been if we were in the house at the time so that's one of those things where it's like you got to look on the bright side and think about how fortunate you are even when accidents occur but we've got yeah a lot to get to on this episode when it comes to thinking about accidents kind of on the front end and then kind of like in the aftermath how do you deal with it effectively in order to in order to make sure that uh, you you don't get left holding the bag totally yeah and naturally there will be plenty of personal anecdotes uh, (laughs) during this episode but first let's quickly introduce our beer joel you and i we're enjoying an a-ok marzen style lager this is a gruner brothers brewing beer and this was sent to us by katie so katie thank you so much for donating this one to the show we look forward to sharing our thoughts at the end of the episode this was her she lives in wyoming this is her favorite brewery from wyoming so i don't know if i've ever had any Beer from Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming before. beer. I've never been know. to Wyoming, sadly. So oh, it's a great place. One of these days. Make it happen. All right, but let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the subject at hand. We are talking about accidents, insurance, and deductibles. And uh, yeah, of course, my personal experience. You know what it made me think of? It made me think of fire drills in elementary school. Oh, yeah. You remember those, right? We all <laughs> uh, we all had to do them. It felt like kind of a waste of time. We're like, come on, really? We were going to get a fire in this building, but yet you had to go through the motion. Same thing with tornado drills. Very similar. You had to get under your desk. You had to wait for, what, like five minutes uh, until the oh, supposed y'all fake got tornado a, passed? Our drills, like you'd have to go out in the hallway, get up against the wall, and tuck your head under uh-huh. your head. That was the tornado drill. That was another, yes. So what was it? Why did we crawl under our desk? Was that an earthquake drill? Maybe that was that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as kids, they all seem ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like you, you think about tornado drills or tornadoes in general, and you think about twister but that you know that doesn't happen at least here down in georgia although that being said there have been a bunch of tornadoes kind of recently so more and more yeah yeah maybe all these drills make sense after all (laughs) maybe they do they always felt like this waste of time sure but i guess the bright side was they got you out of class for a little while so you were (laughs) like yeah whatever it's fine but uh, the thing was it was obviously a good thing if your school ever did experience a fire right if you ever needed to put that drill into practice yeah and it was you know probably practice that was more necessary for the teachers rather than for us as kids they had to know how to shepherd herd all the cats (laughs) (laughs) exactly but even though it felt kind of silly right you would be glad that you went through the motions if your school ever experienced one and insurance it kind of makes me think it's kind of like a fire drill in a lot of ways most of the times 
It feels unnecessary. It almost feels like wasted dollars. What if I could claw that money back that I was spending on insurance that I never used? But in the rare instances where you actually need to put it to use, you're more than happy to know that you have that policy in place. Totally. I know a lot of people are like, well, and we're not going to really talk about like life insurance is mostly car and homeowner's insurance focus- focused. But a lot of people are like, man, if I don't die, that insurance is worthless. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what you want, right? You're insuring against the thing that you wouldn't be able to pay for in the event that the worst thing happens. And at least with insurance or life insurance, you know, that at some point you actually will die. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not during the term policy, (laughs) the term that you have. Maybe not in the 30 years that you have your policy for. But yeah, dude, I mean, I even remember as an adult, like working at one of my first jobs after college, like we had a 12 story office building and they would have fire drills as well. But at least in those instances, like they would always have a food truck out on the parking deck or like ice cream (laughs) to give out like free snacks for all of the hassle. Uh, But the fact is like, even as adults, that quote unquote inconvenience, like that was a prudent move that I would have been thankful for. And anyone out there who has made an insurance claim, they would be in a similar boat. They would feel similarly. Uh, And while virtually everyone out there is required to have car insurance, I think like New Hampshire might be the only state that doesn't require it. They are the live free or die state. So (laughs) it's like, Uh, don't tread on me. I don't need my car insurance. (laughs) Uh, That being said, not everyone has had the misfortune of actually being in an accident. So knock on some wood if that's you. Uh, And so one of the problems that we're addressing today is what you should do once you've been involved in a car accident. You know, it's a it can be a, a surreal experience that can catch you off guard if you're not prepared. And so we think it's wise to talk through some of the practical steps that you should take after you've been involved in a car wreck. Yeah, we're going to talk about homeowners insurance claims too and kind of what happens, how you n- navigate post-accident post uh, supernatural act of God sort of experience. But let's talk about car wreck stuff first, Matt. And I did, I mentioned, yes, I had the tree fall through the roof, but I also uh, last, this past Sunday had someone run into the back of our car when we were stopped at a stoplight. And so unbelievable, I had to know how to do some of these things firsthand in the heat of the moment, which I will say you're very disoriented when that happens. Even if it's not something terrible, this guy slammed into the back of our car. We yeah. should post that video, by the way, too. Oh my gosh. We're going to have so much great, so <laughs> much great media from all of Joel's misfortune. The Instagram content oh. is rich this week. Guys, so but. the reason you said post the video, the car in front of you had dash a, cam. a backwards facing yes. dash cam, which is kind of crazy yeah. that that exists. I know. I mean, really I, I know it exists. I guess in but some not many con- people have them. Yeah. In some countries it's required. Yeah. So yeah, got you that actually video. do have footage of, of y'all getting yeah, slammed. Kind of crazy. But it, it really can be disorienting when when you get in some sort of car wreck and it's hard to know. And so we want to kind of cover, yeah. hey, here's the things you should do immediately upon that happening. And uh, running through this ahead of time, because essentially it's a drill, just like when you were back in school, just like one of those tornado drills or fire drills, because knowing the right steps on the front end can save you that time, the hassle, and of course, money. And by the way, later in this episode, we're going to cover some different ways to optimize your insurance, how you can make sure that you're properly insured, but also how you can make sure that you're not paying more than you need to in order to be properly insured, which is important. But let's talk about how to react right after an accident occurs, Matt. And of course, the the number one thing that everyone is concerned about and should be first and foremost concerned about is whether or not everyone's safe, whether or not they're okay. And that was our first reaction after getting an accident. Fortunately, it wasn't too bad. The guy was going, I don't know, 20 or 25 miles an hour when he ran to the back of us. We were a little shocked, but it was it was like especially with the kids being in the car. Are you okay? Are yeah, you okay? Dude. And if anybody had been seriously injured, uh, we would have taken advantage of the an ambulance and gone to gone to the hospital. Or we would we could have even gone just because the car was drivable. 
We could have taken everyone to urgent care to get checked out. Just depends on what people are complaining of after the fact. But that is the first thing you need to be, of course, concerned about is, is everyone's physical condition. I would say when in doubt, go get checked out, of course, to make sure that there's nothing terribly wrong, but also it's going to help you uh, in the event that you do make an insurance claim. Yeah. This isn't a time to be frugal, right? Because I think a lot of times folks are thinking, oh man, if I were to call the ambulance, that's going to cost a lot of money. But there are a lot of times that I think folks will come down on us and are like, man, you guys are being, that's not frugal. Like that is being cheap. And I will say this is an instance where I think we would lean certainly more on the air on the side of caution, as opposed to thinking about the dollars and cents and yeah. how it is that you can save money. Uh, and I'll say too, you know, I think right after making sure that everyone's safe, we were talking about those dash cam, but I've seen footage of cars basically like hitting patches of ice on interstates. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that the, that the algorithms feed me <laughs> because they know, I guess that's what I'm into. Uh, but it's great. I mean, it's unfortunate, honestly, because there, I've, I've seen some of these videos where there's just evidently just a, a massive amount of ice and these cars just keep continuing to pile onto each other because the cars can't stop because yeah. they're, they're, they're hitting ice. And so it's important to make sure that you're not in imminent danger as well. So aside from making sure that you're you know, immediately safe, like right after something like that occurring, finding a way to ensure that you're out of harm's way, yeah. essentially, uh, so that additional harm doesn't occur, not only to your property, but to you physically yeah, as well. If, even though you want to document kind of what's going on, and we'll talk about that, if you're where you ended up after that wreck, if you're in imminent danger of further damage being yeah. done by other vehicles or whatever... You're going to want to make sure that you're you're not in a position to to do further harm to yeah. yourself or, or to your property. Yeah. So once you know that everyone is okay, you're not in harm's way, the next thing you're going to want to do is call the police. Uh, it, you know, even if it's just a minor fender bender and you don't need an actual ambulance to, to show up there on, on the scene, having police there at the scene of the accident to write up an official accident report is going to be crucial. It can be incredibly difficult to actually file a claim with an insurance company if there isn't an official report. So, you know, sometimes the evidence is going to be clear. Joel, like when you were rear-ended, it's pretty obvious that you were at no fault. (laughs) Yeah, but I've been in other accidents where the driver claimed that he wasn't at fault, but it was clear to me that he was. And so having that incident report Mm -hmm. so that it's not a he said, she said sort of situation, you definitely don't want that. And so having that officer come out, document what happened in that report, saved my bacon when it came to insurance because that guy was going to claim till the end of his dying (laughs) dying days that he didn't cause the accident when he was clearly trying to get across three lanes of traffic and ran into me, Mm -hmm. you know? So those are the kind of things where you definitely want to make sure no matter what, because you never know what that person's going to say to their insurance company or what they're going to try to argue and if you have what kind of medical claim they might want to try to claim yeah and so if you have that unbiased third party which is typically uh, a police officer writing an incident report that's really important and that's going to help you ultimately not be left on the hook for something that wasn't your fault sure and and the next thing to do is to document everything right to take a lot of pictures and so even though it's the job of the officer who shows up to document what happened hopefully they're going to write a thorough report like having your own documentation is key to making sure that you're made whole and that the responsible parties are identified yeah and and so this is the case whether we're talking about a home or an auto insurance claim like take thorough pics before you move anything, document any further damage as it occurs. So for instance, on my home right now, there were some places in the roof that weren't tarped appropriately. And there's another hole that we didn't even know about until later, until we saw water damage coming through the uh. dining room. And so it's just, it's important to, for insurance purposes, to document that 
as that damage is happening and to relay that information to your adjuster to the person you're working with at the insurance company too. And so items that are destroyed or damaged completely, they need to be recorded for insurance purposes. The uh, the couch, for instance, Matt, that you referenced <laughs> that was impaled by that tree, like I took pictures before putting it on the curb so that now I can show the adjuster, hey, this was the couch I had. I know it's hard for you to tell what kind make and model it was, but and then I can link and, and show them exactly what kind of couch I had uh, just through a quick Google search. But it's, I would say too, this is one thing. Uh, it's important to have friends and have neighbors who, um, I, I, was, I was talking to. Well, making I, a case for community, huh? Yeah, well, when I first called my insurance company, the person I talked to was, was not my actual agent. It was just somebody who worked on the 1-800 line. And they told me, wow, it's amazing. You had like three or four neighbors reaching out. We had neighbors in there cleaning up some of the water damage, which was just so incredibly nice, but just so helpful too. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, I don't really know my neighbors. I feel like after this, I really <laughs> should get to know my neighbors. And I thought this was just a real, it's a really good thing to mention too. If you want to be prepared for an accident, knowing your neighbors is one of those things. Having some sort of uh, relationship so you can call them and say, can you go check on my house? I'm not sure what happened. Or having enough of a relationship to where they're going to call you and notify you if something happened. We were out of town. Sure. If we had come yeah. back four days later and no one had reached out to us, imagine how awful that feels <laughs> like to come home and, and realize that to know ahead of time is so massively helpful so i think knowing your neighbors and knowing that they can help you out in a pinch and vice versa is just massively important that's true yeah so that's specific to home insurance but when it comes to where you be involved in a car wreck you want to make sure that you exchange information with the other party uh, you don't want to walk away from that accident <laughs> without having insurance information from those folks. Uh, and so you, you can either write it down, you can take a picture of their information. If it seems like something where it might be unclear as to what it is that happened, having somebody there who witnessed it, who's saying, hey, man, I saw what happened. I'm, I'm willing to hang out here for a little bit and provide uh, a, a secondhand report you know, to the police officer of, of what happened. That can mm -hmm. be incredibly helpful. Uh, and like you said, I mean, you literal, literally have digital evidence what's crazy uh, you know of when y'all got hit yeah. like you've you have video of that actually happening i guess you could have video too if somebody had a ring uh like one of the ring doorbells yeah. uh across this you know if you had a neighbor that had that you that would be that might be even no, crazy, i kind of want to see it even crazier to see is actually seeing a tree get struck by lightning sure uh, but you know when it came to the car accident you were able to get that footage from that guy and you have that on hand i'm sure the guy that hit you wasn't going to try to make a case that it wasn't <laughs> his fault. But if he did, you had that evidence on yeah. hand that showed clearly that y'all were just sitting there. You're like looking for your sunglasses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, which is, I, I guess that's actually how, or one of the reasons yeah, why the sun was biting him. That's he why he ran, ran into, into the back yeah. of you. You were looking for your sunglasses and maybe he was looking for his too. Yeah. Uh, well, and I will say having that, that third party, uh, not just the police officer come out and document things, but having a witness on hand, having their information, having them speak to the police officer about about what happened too is just is really important too. So the, covering all your bases. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say too, like as you are exchanging that information, like certainly be kind, regardless of whose fault it is. But don't be don't be overly kind, because I think in an effort to be accommodating to somebody else, you might even say the words, "Oh, I'm so sorry, it's all my fault." Yeah, and that's something you you don't necessarily or you might say want to admit because it may not be your fault. It you might, might say it's not your fault to that person when. <laughs> 
it is their fault. It, exactly. But you might say, it's okay. Like, we're going to get exactly. through this. Those kind of things are better than, than trying to... You don't want to assign any sort of blame to yourself or to that person. Exactly, yeah. Because they might have their phone out as well, taking pictures, taking video. And if they have a video and it's, you know, they got their phone out and that thing is going and on that video, they have you saying, it's not your fault. Or, oh, it's all my fault. That could be something that could come back and bite you in the butt. Uh, but after that, you want to make sure that you notify your insurance company, uh, even if you aren't at fault here, because they can help to negotiate with the opposing party's insurance, uh, or they might even uh, file the claim for you, right? Like, aside from the headache of having a busted up ride uh, or a home that needs to be fixed, that need, needs to be repaired, it can feel like a part-time job trying to get a company on the phone as you're trying to coordinate and schedule adjusters to show up or in your case like I think you said like you need to get like an engineer out there yeah. because some of the structural damage that that took place they at least want to kind of look a little bit further make to, sure that yeah. and document that stuff so that they know that everything is fixed but they're doing it, it properly which yeah. I, you know even though it's kind of a headache you, you can I guess you can appreciate their how thorough of a job that yeah. they're doing and, and not like, oh, we'll, we'll just throw some drywall over that. It'll be yeah. fine. It's like, yeah. well, no, I don't, I don't want you to do that either. It's going to make the whole process take a little bit longer, but it's one of those things where it's worth it in the end because just in case they uncover something that maybe it, to the, the naked eye is hard to see, you want to make sure a structural engineer takes, especially when you're talking about a tree coming through your roof. That's one of those things where, yeah, it, it impacted four joists, roof, uh, roof beams. So you, yeah, I, I want to make sure that it's getting a lot of different systems. It's getting repaired properly. Yeah. But again, even if you aren't at fault, let your insurance company know because a great insurance company that, you know, is going to be able to shoulder some of this burden. Uh, and if that were to be the case, I think that would be some welcomed relief as yeah. you're trying to get back to normal living without having to worry about the constant flood of emails and phone calls that, that you're having to tend to. Yeah. yeah, it really, it was one of the most annoying parts of the whole thing is that it becomes kind of like a part-time job for you, mm -hmm. which I wasn't necessarily looking for another part-time job. And now I kind of have two <laughs> working with both of these situations, but it, it kind of comes with the territory. And I, I will say one other thing to mention is a lot of insurance companies are going to steer you towards what are known as preferred contractors. Whether that is fixing up your car or fixing up your house, they have relationships with uh, a lot of different companies, whether they're independent or whether they actually work specifically, whether it's like a progressive branded auto repair center or whatever it is, they might have people they work with regularly. And so they might try to tell you, hey, you should go here to get it fixed and it might save them money. But the truth is you have the right to be able to hire your own folks to fix your vehicle or your house. So you do, you're not subject to using people that the insurance company might try to push on you. I think it's just important to note, Matt, because you might not feel comfortable with that, or you might want to hire your people that you've worked with before, or who you trust the quality of their work, whether mm -hmm. it's repairing your car or repairing your home. And so that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm not going to go with the people that the insurance company recommends. Not that they might not be great, but I'd rather use people I've worked with before or take recommendations from neighbors. Yeah. Uh, You've got a relationship established already yeah. with some of these different mechanics. Yeah. So I would say ask around if you don't have anybody that you've worked with before, whether it's a contractor, like I reached out to a contractor we've used before. He's busy. He can't handle the work. So I'm reaching out to other people now that my neighbors have used that, that they recommend. And so, yeah, j just make sure that the company you're hiring is licensed and insured. And it's helpful to get multiple opinions and quotes before kind of starting the work whether it's to your car or to your home. But I think a lot of people feel compelled to use somebody that the insurance company recommends. And it's just important to note that you don't have to. That's right. Yeah, you're not beholden to those vendors that they that they have a relationship with. You mm -hmm. can reach out to the folks that you have that relationship with. Uh, and, and by the way, during the claims process, uh, in particular with a car insurer, most folks don't know about diminished value. And many insurance companies, they uh, conveniently 
forget to tell you about it. Uh, but basically, because your car has now been in an accident, it's going to be worth less if you were to sell it uh, on the open market. Uh, so if you were in a wreck and you are not at fault, you're entitled not only to your car being fixed, but also to reimbursement because your car is now worth less money. Uh, and so it might take jumping through some additional hoops and providing additional documentation and uh, diminished value. It, you know, the rules depend on what state it is that you live in, but it could be well worth the additional effort yeah. in order to get maybe an additional 10, 15% out of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got hundreds of dollars based on just kind of, Hey, <laughs> when, when I was sideswiped by that car that went across three lanes of traffic and I said, Hey, like this, I know my car is not like super nice or anything. I was back when I had that like green Altima that wasn't, oh, you know, I remember that wasn't thing. terribly excellent, but it, it was worth a few hundred dollars to me in diminished value that the insurance company never would have said a word about. Or And then when they did make their initial offer, it was low. And I w- came back and I said, hey, based on these calculations I've made, it sure looks like I'm entitled to a couple hundred dollars more than what you initially stated. And they you know, go back and they say, oh, okay, fine. Um, but that's one of those things most people don't even know. They've never even heard that term. But if you're in a car accident, it's important to know that diminished value exists and that you are owed money, not just to fix your car, but to fix the fact that your car is now worth less. Yeah, your car now has a reputation yeah. uh, <laughs> that's going to always follow it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's going to be on the Carfax, right, moving forward, which means somebody pulls that when they're trying to buy it, they're like, wait a second, uh, I don't think I'm going to pay you as much as the one that hasn't been in an accident. But Matt, we've got more to get to on insurance and deductibles. We've we got a lot to talk about on the deductible front, because that is one way that you can save a lot of money or lose a lot of money. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. 
That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, man, we are back from the break and we just talked about what to do in the immediate aftermath after an accident there. Uh, But let's now talk about preparing for accidents in advance because, you know, you can't predict like when or if an accident is going to occur, but you don't want to leave yourself financially vulnerable if something terrible comes along. So we're going to talk about preparing for those accidents. But uh, first things first, we want to make sure that you know when to not use certain types of insurance that is going to end up costing you more in the long run. So specifically, I'm thinking about like roadside assistance, which, you know, it's not technically insurance, but oftentimes can be offered through your insurer. Uh, We would prefer for you to self-insure and pay for your your own toes if you are stranded on on the side of the road or, or go with AAA. But using the roadside assistance that is offered by car insurers Uh, can act like a claim, potentially increasing your actual insurance premium. And so even though it's not (laughs) technically a part of insurance, it it is something that they're offering. Yeah, most people don't think, hey, if I make this roadside insurance, like... Because it's it's set up almost like a... A a little perk. Like a concierge. Like It's like at a hotel where they're like, would you like this cookie. Right. And it's just like, oh, wait, you just charged me for that cookie. <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> that's, it feels that's like. That's sort of like what this is. <laughs> and most people assume that the bottled water in the hotel is going to be free, but no, it costs you five ninety nine. And it's very similar to roadside uh, insurance through the one specifically through your insurance company mm-hmm. because they might well, say... Well, they, they, they track it and yeah. then it goes on your clue report and, and it's stuck with you for like five, seven years. Which is going to impact you potentially on the rates you pay with your current insurer, but definitely if you start shopping around for rates to move elsewhere. And totally. so, yeah, yep. I forget exactly how long those things stick on that clue report, which again is something most people don't know about. It's like an insurance database. And so all insurance companies can kind of see your claims history. It lives kind of in the back end on this clue report that most of us don't really know what's on there. But so yeah, I think not using certain things like that, like not having roadside assistance. And if you do, just definitely not using it. But if it costs you extra money, ditch it and get your own. But also uh, it's important to to make sure you have enough insurance. And this might sound crazy, but you people are, are likely, a lot of our listeners are probably underinsured right now. Matt, we would suggest to check the face value of your insurance policy. If your home were to be completely destroyed in a fire, God forbid, would your insurance actually cover the full replacement cost of the home, right? And when you think about inflation, inflation has impacted everything. It's it's impacted the the cost of materials to rebuild your home. It's it's impacted the cost of labor. It's impacted the timeline for renovations. Everything has just gotten more expensive. It's taking longer and time is money on on this front. So chances are you might not have quite enough insurance and that could negatively impact you in a worst case scenario. And so, you know, updating the policy 
and getting more coverage on your home is going to cost you more in premiums in all likelihood. But it's also going to ensure that you're not left holding the bag for potentially thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of dollars in repair costs uh, and replacement costs because your coverage is going to be robust enough. So read your policy to check current limits and if necessary, increase them to cover the full replacement cost of your home. It's worth kind of saying, okay, what would it cost to build a four bedroom, three bath or a two bedroom, one bath home like I'm in where I live and then kind of checking to see if your insurance policy it, what what the overall amount of coverage you have is. And if it's not quite up to snuff, you want to raise those that, that amount. That's right. Yeah. And some insurers actually provide what's called inflation guard coverage, where there's sort of like this automatic stair step built into the amount of coverage that they provide every single year, which I'm not totally sure how I feel about it. <laughs> because on one hand, I like it because you can not think about it. And what that means is that over time, your coverage is probably going to match the value of, of your actual home. But in a perfect world, like on the other hand, I don't like it because in an ideal world that would be something that you regularly check like yeah. maybe once a year and be like okay does the value of my home does it adequately match the coverage that i have but the fact is do most people do that uh no yeah <laughs> probably is, is is the answer yeah. so a product like that's going to put it on autopilot for most people who aren't going to recheck exactly but this is hopefully a good chance for people to go in right now log into the back end of their yeah. insurance and say click the view my policy thing the very on the website right now because of the prompt yeah. that we are providing you literally and, right now and you can see basically <laughs> like uh the coverage that you have, not just like the headline amount, which is important. That's what I'm telling you to look at now. But then even below that, you can dig in and see, well, what what other kind of coverages does this entail as well? That's right. Like some additional add-on policies, because those might be necessary as well. Uh, So for instance, if you have, like say you're a collector, maybe you've got some nice art, maybe you've got some very expensive, fine jewelry. I don't know if my folk art qualifies. Um, I think it would. Okay. I mean, if you can attach a, dude, you can insure anything. You you attach a dollar amount to anything, somebody somebody out there will look at those fancy tables and they'll write a policy for it. Uh, But what if that fancy folk art of yours, were? uh, (laughs) what if it were destroyed? Fortunately not. Most of it was less intact. <laughs> did, you didn't have any art? There was really, like one you? little gash in one piece. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry, dude. I bet there'll be additional things too where you're kind of like, oh, here's something else that happened. Oh, here's yeah. something else. Oh, yeah. Uh, but these additional items may, I mean, most likely won't be covered under your regular policy uh, and you might need an additional rider. In addition to that, maybe you have other structures on the property as well. And so make sure that those have enough coverage under the policy as well. Oh, and uh, check to see whether some items are covered with replacement cost coverage. Uh, that way you're you know, just paid a fraction of what you would have to spend in order to rebuy those now wrecked items. The, the, the counter to that would be the actual cash value, which takes into account depreciation. Uh, and so in that case, you would get paid less. But what you actually want is the repla- full replacement value, yeah. what it would cost you right now today, Joel, to go out and buy a new sofa. Like yeah. what is that going to cost you? Not what the, what the cash value is. Because just because I bought the sofa five years ago doesn't mean I'm not not paying today's cost to replace the sofa. Exactly. And so you want to make sure, uh, and and I, I my policy fortunately does have replacement cost coverage, so I'm going to get the full amount for what that sofa will cost me today, even though I bought it, eh, well, actually not that long ago, like a year and a half ago or something. But these are, yeah, these are important things to look at because th- these are the kind of things that could cost you hundreds or thousands of dollars if you're not insured properly. You want to make sure you have enough insurance, even though it's going to cost you a little bit more from a premium perspective, being underinsured could cost you a whole lot more in the long run. Uh, it's also important too, Matt, when we're talking about preparing in advance for an accident that can happen and, and making sure that you're not going to be in a financial emergency, like if, if some sort of other 
another emergency car or home occurs to you is having having enough money on hand. We talk about emergency funds all the time. Oh, but, yeah. but man, like when this is this is one of those places. Yeah. yeah, right. Like we, there's a bunch of instances where you might use an emergency fund, but I can't think of many more important than if you're in a, a car accident or if you have some sort of home uh, homeowners insurance claim as well. And so it, it's it's not there just in the event that you lose your job or if your transmission goes bust. It's also there to help you if an accident occurs. And so this is part of the reason why having three to six months of savings is so helpful. And this is why that's money gear number four, right? We don't want it to be so far down the list that you're investing so much that you don't have access to funds to help you get through some sort of emergency or accident. And so the reality is that having that additional savings on hand is going to help you in the case you got to meet that deductible. And it's going to help you pay for some of the the contractors that you might need to deal with while you're having the home fixed before you get reimbursed by insurance, which is the position I'm in. You can have your insurance company pay a lot of these bills directly, or you can kind of be the hub. I just feel more comfortable. Maybe it's like a control issue being kind of the hub for those and then submitting those receipts to the insurance company. Or just a desire to move things along. Because if you know that, well, I can call them right now and get that scheduled, you know that that's going to happen a good bit sooner. I feel like, yeah, it's taking some of the gum out of the gears and it allows yeah, me to kind yeah. of speed things up and then I'll pay people and then I'll submit that receipt to the insurance company and it just makes things move a little bit faster. Although it does mean you got to have the cash in the bank to kind of facilitate those transactions. That's right. So to, to be able to float some of those expenses. Uh, but another, you mentioned, you know, using some of your emergency fund to cover that deductible, but another plus of having like a, an even larger emergency fund on hand, right? So maybe, you know, towards a six or even the six plus months worth of expenses on hand there in that fund is the ability to set your deductible even higher. And of course, the higher uh, your deductible, the more you're going to be able to save on your insurance premiums. That's just how it works. But let's just say that you've got a a bare $2,000 in your savings account, right? If that's the case, well, you're not going to want to raise your deductible to double that, right? Like, you know, you don't want to take that to four or $5,000 because that would be putting your finances in harm's way. Uh, but if you have been a great saver, increasing your deductibles is one of the best ways to reduce those monthly or annual premiums. Yeah, and that's both, that's the case on both auto and homeowners insurance. You yep. can raise deductibles on both of those things in an effort to save money every single month or every single year when it comes to the premiums you pay. That's right. Yeah. So for instance, with your homeowners insurance going from, uh, uh, a pretty low $500 deductible to a $2,000 deductible, well, I can save you more than $500 a year, depending on the insurer. But again, you want to make sure that you have way more than that within your actual emergency fund. Mm-hmm. But when you, if you were to do that in just over three years of not having a claim, you're going to have made all of that money back. And then beyond that, it's just icing on top. Uh, and the other perk is that you're less likely to actually file a claim. And so there, you've kind of got the psychological element behind it as, as well, where you're trying to disincentivize yourself from actually making a claim because in the long run, that's going to end up costing you more having that cash on hand to be able to address some of those minor emergencies is what you want to be able to do. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And I'll say in your case, we're not talking about a minor emergency. Like, no, like this, yeah. this is made. Like, I don't know if you've if you're cresting 100k yet, but like you're definitely in the tens of thousands definitely of dollars. Tens range. of thousands, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I don't know. That's a good question. Like the, we're still in the initial stages of kind of figuring it's out. It's all happening. How extensive the damage yeah. is. Still don't have that engineer out, and it depends on whoa if it's if the whole roof needs to be replaced down to like I don't know the 
the things that hold up the roof <laughs> <laughs> down to the roof yeah yeah <laughs> like all that needs to, who knows who knows right now but i mean it is going to be an expensive endeavor and so i i do think it's important to that's a really important part of it though matt is that if people have a higher deductible um on their policy they're less likely to tap the policy and i think that's a good thing because i've seen some people who have a uh, they've got a thousand dollar deductible there's a six hundred dollar repair they go to insurance and they tap into that insurance and they make a claim and that is the worst possible thing you could do even though you're going to come out four hundred dollars ahead let's say in the short term over the long term you're going to lose and that's a bad idea and so setting your deductible higher means you're less likely to tap it for a small thing and research shows that rates can climb something like 40 to 50 percent and that that rate, that premium uh, that that goes that goes sky high when you make that claim, it can stay elevated for somewhere between three and five years. So I would say run the numbers and don't file a claim unless it makes sense. I think some people think just because you've been involved in an accident, boom, it's time to turn to insurance. Mm-hmm. But if it's something relatively minor, if that tree had crashed and it had just damaged for some reason, like my son's little electric Jeep that he rides around the yard, <laughs> like I wouldn't make a claim on that. Or if it just... If it only knocked off your gutters, right. for instance, you're knocked like, off the gutters. that's not something you're going to file a claim of. Yes, I am going to replace those gutters myself. Some people think, well, it hit the home. I've got to involve insurance. That's not necessarily the case. And and so, yeah, if your deductible is set higher, it's going to cause you to, to lean on your own finances more in the case of like minor incidences and not going directly to the insurance company, which which you want to avoid really when you can. Well, the same is true when it comes to car insurance as well, especially when it comes to comprehensive coverage. And I'll speak to this from personal experience as well. Uh, you don't want to make a claim. You don't want to file a claim when your windshield cracks because... Right. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> or, a common one that I see people do. And I, Yeah. And I did that. Tw- so in college, I filed two claims because I had a cracked windshield and another claim when I hit, had hit a deer. And I didn't know that these, you know, all these claims were counting against me. Until it knocked our entire family's car insurance <laughs> into like this high risk profile. And uh-huh. not just, I mean, literally our entire family. So it wasn't just me, it was my parents as well. So they were paying like a factor of 2X and I got the boot. <laughs> and dad was just like, hey, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to find your own insurance. <laughs> and I wish I would have been taught that like, hey, maybe every time your windshield cracks, you don't call up the insurance company yeah. and have them send SafeLight or whoever out to, you know, actually to, to, to make a repair or, or to replace well, your especially windshield. something as basic as a windshield replacement, you're barely gonna uh, get paid out more than the de- deductible in most cases. Well, I mean, so. Yeah, in that case, I think the, the deductible was crazy low. <laughs> and I was just like, well, that's what insurance is for. Yeah. I want to keep my ride looking good. But I think you're right. And it's so important for us just to just I'd say that again. A lot of people think that's what insurance is for, but that is not what insurance is for. That's what self-insurance is for. And insurance is really- That's what your emergency fund yeah, is for. Yeah, it's for only when the numbers make sense. And I will say my deductible, y- you can raise your deductible really high. And so um, I'm a proponent of people self-insuring and raising their deductible higher than they than they maybe even feel comfortable with, which I did in my case. Some insurance companies will allow you to actually raise your deductible to a percentage of the overall insured amount as opposed to just a flat number. And so I did that. I, I upped the stakes even more in order to lower my premiums. And so right now I'm feeling the financial pain, but uh, because it's going to be uh, quite a bit of money. having to fork over. Yeah. Out of my pocket, I am co-insured basically with the insurance company. We're basically co-insuring this home. And so it's going to be expensive, but I was prepared for that. And I was willing to take the savings over the years that I got them. And I think I will continue to go this route. Like I'm not changing my tune. Just because the lightning strikes the tree yes. once and it skewers your house. It doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't change the fact that this is a rare occurrence. Yes. Uh, and even though it happened once, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who might react 
to that negatively and then we'd be like oh shoot like i'm never going to do that again yep. well that is true if you weren't financially prepared to have handled that deductible well, I mean, but you were just because i go to vegas and i win 500 bucks at blackjack doesn't mean blackjack is a smart way to make money <laughs> exactly you know? and the same is true in the opposite way in this just because i did get some sort of act of god lightning struck a tree occurrence doesn't mean that a higher deductible isn't still the best way to save money for people who can self-insure yeah. and have saved money it was an act of god what did you <laughs> what did you do <laughs> i know right <laughs> i'm sorry guys. Uh, so it's you know it's a short decided move to, to file a claim when it's something that you can afford like it you know saves you money for a minute but not over the long haul but i also just wanted to mention that it is possible to over insure as well there is basically an insurance product out there for like everything uh anything that you can buy everything under the sun and they're not all necessary like and so i'm talking about like pet insurance right like you can get like cancer insurance for your pet quote unquote insurance for your new laptop maybe you're going to get a policy on your 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 main water line that goes out to the street flight insurance all of these things uh, and so we want to make sure that you are well covered you know again log in to the back end of your policy take a look at your coverage make sure that it will cover the full replacement value to rebuild your home for instance but you can't insure against everything that's out there and you, and you shouldn't that's where savings are such an essential part of the the preparedness equation and as we're talking about insurance here we don't want the opposite thing that we want to do is scare everybody out there into over insuring yes. and all of their monthly cash flow is flowing into these insurance products that they're not likely to actually need yeah i think you can be so scared that you sign up for the extended warranty policy at Best Buy every time you buy an electronics item, which would be a complete waste of your money, and you should self-insure. You shouldn't spend $80 to insure a $300 laptop. That is really... That's not smart. Uh, same thing with you when you're insuring like a TV or whatever. And there's all sorts of products like that. You can insure anything and everything these days that you want to. And, and you really shouldn't. But you should make sure on those most important things that you have enough insurance uh, and that you also have enough money in the bank to cover the general wear and tear or the, the things that are going to break in everyday life as well, including those electronics. That's right. And, or including some sort of yeah flight change that you have to make. Just no need to buy the insurance every single time. Nope. You can build some of that margin into your own life by keeping that keeping that cash in the bank. Yes. For sure. All right. So let's get your let's, savings account. But there are ways, Matt, even as you're making sure you're properly, adequately insured, that you can reduce the costs of insurance in your life. You can have your cake and eat it too. We'll talk about that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner listen up upswell marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business they're actually choosing you so focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, now let's talk about how to spend less money on insurance. Let's talk about some of the different ways you can reduce insurance costs in your life. And, you know, the main thrust of this episode is that we want you to be prepared in case of an accident, whether it is with your home or auto. And we want you to be frugal, not cheap. Uh, And so that means having the proper coverage in the necessary amounts. But we also want you to save money wherever possible. And the truth is a lot of how to many listeners out there could save a lot of money pretty easily on what they pay for insurance. In five minutes, could they save 15% or more, Matt? <laughs> easily. <laughs> uh, we already talked about raising your deductible. That can be a great way to reduce your premiums, assuming you have that money set aside in your emergency fund. The more you're able to self-insure, the more you're going to be able to save. But there are other ways that you can also reduce the cost of what you're going to pay for insurance without cutting corners. Yes. And without, it, without going cheap. It's important to mention a lot of things that people can do to save because I think people might assume, oh, okay, I need to beef up my insurance. It's just going to cost me a ton of money. And like we said, like if you are to raise the limits on your current homeowner's policy, it is going to cost you more money, but it's going to be well worth it. But that being said, there are still other ways that you can kind of tame the price of insurance in your life. And one of those things is to increase your credit score. Because in most states, not all states, I think California is one of those states where they don't allow insurance companies to take credit score into consideration. But in most states, it's legal for those insurance companies to base your rates at least partially based on your credit score. And so making sure that your score is solid, not only saves you by getting a lower interest rate when you're buying that home, but also it it impacts what you're going to pay every single year to insure it. And it's amazing, man. I think on a recent Friday flight, we mentioned that I think for folks who have poor credit versus great credit, 
the average difference in annual premiums on homeowners insurance is something like 72%. Yeah. So a significant amount. It's not minor. From having crappy credit. <laughs> yeah. It's not minor. And so your credit score has a massive impact on what you're going to be able to, to save and how much you're going to pay overall fork over for the same exact mm-hmm. insurance policy. It's not like you're being cheap here. You're literally changing one factor in your life and you're able to like pull a bunch of money back into it. It's a factor that's going to affect you positively when it comes to your finances in multiple areas. Yes. Uh, and so that 72 percent that's just the average you know the the average increase some states it's even more than that right yeah. and so that means uh in some states i think i saw in like new york and arizona it's like arizona's 170 something around 170 oh percent more and yeah. so it makes a massive difference if you're listening to this and you happen to live in phoenix yeah, if you live in tempe or tucson <laughs> it's like you want to pay even more attention to the credit score we actually have an article that we'll link to in the show notes about how to improve your credit score but there's so mm-hmm. there's so much you need to know there's some low-hanging fruit there where if you're like yeah my credit score is pretty bad we've got prior episodes we've got articles up on the site where you can kind of improve that but just know that improving that one thing could have a massive impact on what you're paying for insurance every month and every every year when it comes to homeowners insurance yeah and you know i feel that most folks know that bundling is going to be one of the easiest ways to save on insurance costs if for some reason you've got your car and you've got your homeowners insurance with two different companies it's likely costing you too much money so this is some additional some more of that low-hanging fruit that's ripe for the picking. But bundling is going to knock typically around 15 to 20% off of the price of each policy, right? So not, you know, we're talking about over your car insurance and your homeowners. Uh, And so finding the policies that you need with the lowest overall combined price, uh, that is a smart way to think about how it is that you can save the most on insurance costs in your life. Mm -hmm. Don't worry if your auto insurance goes up 5%. If that means your homeowners is able to to drop by 20%, well, obviously that's a net win of 15%. So make sure you you are looking at the premiums for both policies, not just getting distracted by a, a singular increase. Yeah. And if you're shopping around with other providers, if you're trying to figure out where you go for insurance, don't think about just the price of one policy. And speaking of which, that is another massive way to reduce insurance costs in your life is to shop around in order to lower the overall amount that you pay. Loyalty. We've always said this. It does not pay in the realm of insurance. The longer you stay put, the more likely you are to be paying too much. And so here's the thing. Don't just consider the price and go with the absolute lowest quote or provider you come across. I think about some of those companies that advertise during like daytime television. Like, I don't know if Judge Judy is still on in daytime, but like they're often these kind of fly by night companies. I barely know who Judge Judy is. Oh, dude, she's a a star. But there's all all sorts of companies that advertise during that time of day that they're maybe not the most upstanding insurance companies. I'll put it that way. But you're going to want to make sure that you're doing business with a company who isn't going to leave you in the lurch when an accident occurs, right? Just because you got the lowest rate doesn't mean that you came out ahead. So uh, Consumer Reports, their rankings are helpful here. They consistently rank USAA and Amica at the top of the mm-hmm. heap in terms of insurance companies to do that are worth doing business with. And so if you're eligible for coverage with USAA, if you're in the military or the the family member of someone who served in the military. I believe you have to be a direct descendant. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah, basically you have to have a, a parent who was in the military and well, not necessarily, I guess, because like if your grandfather was in the, in the military and then you're, that would have made your dad eligible. So your dad 
wouldn't have necessarily needed to have been in the military for you to then be eligible. So as long as you have, for instance, like a parent who is eligible, whether or not they serve themselves, that specifically is what makes you uh, eligible. Yeah. So USAA, they're they're consistently ranked one of the best um, insurance companies out there. And if you are eligible, um, and if if like one of your parents or something like that has USAA, you should find a way to get your foot in the door because (laughs) they're one of the best companies to do business with. And if they offer you a great rate, then it's worth going in that direction. Amica is even more reasons. But again, not necessarily because they're they're the cheapest, but because they rank so highly when it comes to customer satisfaction. Yes. Yep. And and so like let's say rates though through one of the the insurance companies that is ranked the most highly by Consumer Reports. Let's say they offer you something that's sky high. You're you're saying, well, I'm getting way better rates other places. Well at least look at solid, solidly rated companies, right? Because you just don't want to be subject to working with an insurance company who rates really low, extremely poor on claims and service in the event that you need to use your insurance. Because the goal, like we said, is kind of hopefully you never have to use your insurance. Hopefully a lot of the things we're talking about in this episode, you never have to deal with because lightning doesn't strike your tree, right? Uh, or somebody doesn't rear-end you or whatever. And you are remain accident-free for the rest of your life. life. Congratulations. But if you do, you want to make sure you're doing business with a company that is going to treat you right, that they're going to be responsive, and they're going to they're going to pay out accordingly. That's right. Yeah. So as you're shopping around, like this is obviously something you can do yourself in order to save money. That's totally a fine way to do it. It just might take a little more time than you would actually like it to. And so some other options out there are just to turn to some brokers who specialize in shopping with multiple companies all at once on your behalf. Uh, And so some companies online do this, like Policy Genius. We're huge fans of what it is that they offer. That's like a more automated digital online version of doing that. But then heading over to Trusted Choice, that's a great site to turn to that will help you to find an individual, typically a local independent agent who is going to be able to do the same thing. They're going to be able to talk you through some of the different coverage limits. They're going to help you to find the best insurance products for your specific situation. And they're going to shop with multiple uh, insurance companies at once. And they're going to be able to kind of say, yeah, give the rundown. Hey, here's here's uh, I write a lot of policies with this company. Here's how they respond. I think you're going to get a lot of insight if you go they're, with an independent broker, or at least talk to one. And they're going to give you state specific information as well, because that also has an impact on some of the different products that are available to you, the yeah. types of coverage that are required. And then plus, it's it can be really nice to have somebody like an actual contact, somebody who you know that you can call. Like I have an independent broker. And when it comes time for renewal and my rates have gone up, well, I know exactly who it is I'm going to call. I have her number saved in my phone. <laughs> I, I know exactly who it is I'm going to email and where I'm asking the questions. Hey, why? You know what happened? What what happened with auto insurance rates last year? Yeah. Uh, what can I do to get those premiums down? But having a real life independent agent who you can count on uh, can be can certainly be a great move. But we're talking about shopping your insurance coverage, you know, with a bunch of different providers. While we're talking about shopping, I wanted to mention too, specific to car insurance, the type of car that you drive will have a big impact on the rates that you pay as well. Mm-hmm. So as you are shopping for a, a new ride, whether that Ferrari be- I just bought, <laughs> the insurance is so expensive. It's going to be so expensive. And so, I mean, you and I, were, we're two frugal dads and we, we drive our old minivans. It's kind of like a, a badge of honor. It's in large part to save money. It's not because we love old minivans. It's because we don't necessarily want to pay more than we need to in order to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And, and it's so, not just on the price of the vehicle. It's on the recurring cost of the insurance. Every single month or every every six months, depending on how it is that you pay. And so if your craft beer is having a nice ride, that's totally fine. But like you said, know that it's more than just the sticker price. It's also the cost of insuring that vehicle. There's a reason that... uh, Chevy Camaros uh, and Ford Mustangs, <laughs> they cost more yeah. than a, a five-year-old Toyota Camry to insure because those cars are 
designed to go fast. And when cars go faster, they are at higher risk of getting in auto accidents, in which case insurers are going to have to pay out on claims <laughs> made by individuals who are negatively impacted by those vehicles. And so these are all things that you want to keep in, yeah. keep so in if, mind. If I was in the market for a new car, I would be calling my insurance company and I would say, how much does this car cost to insure? Because that is going to factor into my decision as to whether that is a good decision to buy that car or not. And I think oftentimes we avoid that question. And especially, yeah, Matt, if you're looking to some of those models that are more accident prone, that are going to cost more in insurance, it's, it's just worth getting a quote on what that insurance is going to cost every single year before you make the purchase. Right. They look at those actuary tables. Yeah. And oftentimes we think about, for instance, something as somewhat basic as gas mileage. We're like, oh, you know, it's a gas guzzler. I'm not sure if I want to go that route. But then we don't consider something as significant as car insurance and the impact that that can have on the total cost of ownership as well. Yeah. And I just want to say too, like most things in life, like we talked about early, frugal versus cheap, value is more important than getting the absolute lowest price. And so when you're talking about insurance coverage, you want to make sure that you're fully covered by a reputable insurance company, but it's also possible to overdo it, right? You can over-insure or you can over-index maybe for, I got to be with the company that's number one rated by Consumer Reports. When maybe the number five or six company on the list gets stellar ratings still, but they offer you a much better rate, that's probably the best place for you to turn. And this is the kind of thing that people should be doing, if not every year, at least every three years, right? Shopping their insurance around. It is, it's, I would say every three, if you don't want to overdo it, if you're particularly frugal and can't stand the thought of wasting a dollar, then you want to do it every year. But every three years is probably a good idea to revisit mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, your insurance coverage and then also revisit and, and, and test the open market to see if you can get a better rate elsewhere. And every accident, by the way, is different, right? It's impossible to be 100% prepared for every possible accident under the sun. It's it's also impossible to avoid accidents completely. Sometimes they just happen to you. I've had two happen to me in the past month that I could just uh, I couldn't really have been prepared for. I wasn't expecting. You know, someone sometimes somebody just runs into the back of you, or sometimes a, a lightning strikes your the tree in your front yard. Say la vie. It is what it is, and it's it's always an inconvenience, but hopefully you can at least be prepared for a potential mishap from a financial perspective. And so uh, it's important to do your best to have proper coverage and to self-insure as much as possible in order to be as ready as you can, even though we can't predict or plan for these things that come along. So hopefully this episode helps you do just that, helps you be more ready than you currently are, helps you make some tweaks here or there, or maybe even some major changes to your insurance, to your deductibles, to ensure that you are ready to take on whatever comes your way and that that when that next accident happens that it doesn't derail your financial plan completely. Yeah, that's right, man. All right, let's go ahead and get back to our beer. This was an AOK Marzen style lager sent to us by Katie. Uh, thank you again, Katie, for this beer. Uh, and this one is brewed by Gruner Brothers Brewing Company. Joel, what were your thoughts on this beer out of Casper, Wyoming? Oh, Casper, Wyoming. It's a place I'd like to visit someday, but this beer was great, man. It was it, very much like uh, Oktoberfest vibes going on, oh, yeah. which is typically drunk in the fall, right? Almost in literally October. definition of a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of a, of a Marzen. Yeah. And so it's, it's like a nice taste of fall yeah, uh, in a cup. Which I appreciate because fall now feels like a long time away, but really not that, not so long ago. It's the nice taste of bread, but in a carbonated alcoholic version. Yes. Of, uh, <laughs> very much tastes like brown bread, cup. you know, yeah. in a cup, which is great. So yeah, smooth and malty. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Biscuity, I, I, mm. all those kind of vibes. Yeah, dark biscuits though. Yeah, <laughs> that whole wheat flour with flaxseed in it. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is a really good one, and would definitely recommend for folks to check out this brewery if you happen to be there in the area. What I can only assume is the beautiful country of. 
Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> uh, but Joel, that's going to be it for this episode. We'll make sure to link to some of the different resources that we have mentioned during this episode, like where it is that you can find an independent insurance broker in your area. You can find those in our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com. That's but, right. You can also sign up for our newsletter, by the way. Yes, you can. Howtomoney.com slash newsletter. It's awesome and it's free. So check that out. And from time to time, we'll have insurance saving tips in there as well. Sure. But buddy, that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.